we are the Shy Guys, and you're listening to Connecting to Host, the co-op and multiplayer gaming podcast. And today we're looking at Viscera Cleanup Detail, a game in which you step into the boots of a space station janitor tasked with cleaning up after various horrific sci-fi horror events. Instead of machine guns and plasma rifles, your tools are a simple mop and bucket. That hero left a mess, and it's up to you to deal with the aftermath. So this is a game developed by RuneStorm in South Africa, who I think the only other game they've done is Rook's Keep. Hmm. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. Like that. Yeah, like an unreal tournament with swords, as they call it. Oh, nice. Um, so this is the only other game they've made, and they've been milking this one for the last three years or so, and they're still making fresh content for it. Um, so uh, you've probably heard of them by now. Uh, but anyway, this game in particular was released in October 2015. Um, it's available on Windows for around 13 euros, 10 pounds or so. It's always in the steam sale constantly you'll generally get free copies in various humble bundles and all that kind of stuff as well um especially the dlc i mean i've had the shadow warrior version long before mm. i had the base game just because i think i got it free with shadow warrior 2 which we still need to review <laughs> yeah we said a couple of times coming in the next episode and then it never happened <laughs> Never did. <laughs> uh, anyway, for viscerally clean detail, um, we both played on our Epic Gaming PCs, which are overpowered for the task. Um, there's no real character selection. You just get given a basic character. Different, um, so... uh, different costumes, I think. There are some different costumes and characters, but I don't know. We never saw the pic- this little screen where you can pick no. them. So if there, isn't, if there, is, there is one, though. I saw a list of the six different characters you can play, but... Oh. Um, Oh, we didn't do that anyway. No. So, in any case, John, tell us all about the core game facts. Sure thing. So, it's a first person game where you run around the game world and your job is to clean up after the hero. So, this generally involves running around and disposing of human and alien body parts that have been lying around. So, the premise is that, you know, you, your previous person, ran around this world killing everyone and you're just here to clean up, ready so the next player can do his thing. So uh, you run around, dispose of the alien and human body parts that have been left, which involves picking them up with your hands in first awkward first-person mode. Then once you unpleasant, yeah, we'll come on to that a bit later. Once you scoop those up, then you go around with a mop and a bucket of water and start mopping up all the blood and sometimes other marks on the walls. Then you can pick up all the debris that's been destroyed. Well, you destroy some debris and pick up other stuff and incinerate all the waste that's been left around the level and then just generally reset things that the player needs such as med kits in boxes etc um you have to be a little bit careful while you're going around the map because if you walk in pools of blood or across previous body parts that have been left around then you end up dragging footprints around and making more of a mess which obviously just adds more time i mean there's no concept of taking damage beyond the odd thing that will completely kill you which I know you want to talk about later, Ben. Oh, I do. <laughs> um, but there's no, you don't really have to be careful in the sense of staying alive. But the challenge is sometimes getting to all the interesting places so you can find the gore and viscera that might have got to high, high corners in rooms or above pipes and objects. So the tools that you have at your disposal are a mop, a pair of hands, which you use to pick things up and interact with computers and monitors in the game, and a scanner device called the MuckGyver. And that will tell you where, if you're in the vicinity of blood and gore that you can't necessarily see, like maybe it's behind some barrels that you've missed or somewhere else, then you pick that up on the MuckGyver. And then there's a PDA, which you can use to kind of write notes. And then throughout some levels, you'll find some special tools, 
Like you find a laser welder, which you can use to both remove bullet holes from walls, but you also quickly found out you can use it to charcoal body parts, so they're a bit easier to carry around. Yeah, I um, just destroyed a load of body parts so that I didn't have to clean them up, but then I had to spend ages mopping up charcoal <laughs> off of all of the floor, which took ages. Uh, and then each stage has three or four things which are always there. So there's always a slosh-o-matic, which you use to get uh, buckets of water. Now, sometimes you get empty buckets, and then also sometimes body parts drop out, which you then have to clean up by taking to the incinerator and mopping up after it. So there's an incentive not just to pump out an infinite number of buckets of water, but on each bucket of water you can use to clean your mop, I don't know, about 10 times, and then it gets dirty, so you have to get another bucket of water. Then there's also a water load machine, which gives you boxes, kind of bio boxes for putting a whole bunch of body parts in, and you can just carry the box to the incinerator instead of individual body parts. There's always an incinerator in the stage where you can put basically anything in the level in there, and after a while it will melt away. And there's, at least the levels that we were in, there was always a height-adjusted relocation mechanism, or a harm, where you, um, you can push this around the level and make it go up and down so it's like a little portable lift. So you can get to high places when there's blood on the ceiling, or maybe there's some body parts on top of a crate or storage container that you need to get to. That's basically it though. So you run around in first person doing all these things, like little chores, I guess, until you are happy with what you've done. Then you clock out at the end of your shift and you find out whether you did awful, okay, or great. So, yep. we, we never did that. <laughs> Pretty <well>. much it. <laughs> nice. So I'm... Before I kick off on the multiplayer specifics, am I right in thinking that the game is exactly the same in multiplayer and single player? Because I never played it in single player, but I think you might have played with it for a little bit. Um, that the levels are exactly the same. It's just that you have an extra pair of hands to help you. But I'm almost certain. I uh, I didn't actually fire it up in single player, but the way that you hosted a map and you could run around on your own, and you can actually invite people later. So I'm 99% certain that's true. The game comes with about 15. I think actually, yeah, 15 or 20 stages. You're going to talk about that. but um... So it, it has support for up to 32 players online in the same game. Uh, so obviously, if you have a large map that you would do single player, it's going to be a lot easier if you have 32 of you, <laughs> I would imagine. Unless you're treading a load of blood everywhere, which is going to make it a lot harder. Um, there's also support for local co-op with split screen, which is basically four players. Um, as John said, there's approximately 20 stages, ranging from experimental medical lab to an ice moon research post which we particularly enjoyed yeah um, although it was odd that mopping the floor of blood <laughs> uh, didn't dissolve the snow underneath but mm. one can't be too picky <laughs> in a game of this nature uh, so each stage and uh, it's almost unbelievable but they take an average of one to three hours to complete for a single player yeah uh, most maps tend to be on the higher end of that so you're looking at a two to three hour per level <laughs> sort of look um and i don't remember was that could you save your progress halfway through or was it hmm. literally you had to play it through i seem to remember that it was a bit weird and you had to play it through you couldn't that's a good question we end. never did save our progress we kind of soldiered on through but maybe you yeah. could. That is a really good question. I don't know. Okay, I should probably ask these questions before we record. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, that's homework for the listener. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when you get to the end of the level, um, it's got quite a, a humorous element to it when you go to this machine to say to it, look, I've, uh, I've finished for the day. 
I mm. think I've cleaned everything up. And you can basically say, uh, I, I've done everything and I don't care to do any more. <laughs> or I'm the best employee ever. I've definitely cleaned up everything. And you can optionally fill in an instant report at the end of the level detailing how many died and various other fun bits. You, you started that question there, didn't you? And yeah. Quite lengthy. It was a lot longer than I had envisioned it might have been. I was like, this will be a fun three or four set of questions at the end. And it was like, how many bodies were there? How many creatures were there? Type in what you thought about this and that. And I'm like, uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too long, too long. So the cool thing is it comes with its own level editor. So you can build your own levels and obviously download other people's levels. And there's Steam Workshop support as well for the syncing of that with other people. So while there are only 20 stages created by the developers, there are a load more that you can download, uh, some of which I'm sure will be incredibly good. Um, we did not try out any workshop ones, so that would no. be an interesting thing to look at in the future. Yeah. Um, there are also several pieces of DLC. Um, so there are actual DLC for the game, which is Santa's Revenge and House of Horror, <laughs> which are extra stages <laughs> that you pay for. I love Santa's Revenge. Sounds amazing. Um, and then there is the Shadow Warrior, which is actually a standalone game with one level free. Uh, as I said, I, I had that with um, Shadow Warrior 2. I think mm. a free copy of that. Um, got a feeling that by... on Steam, we got Santa's Revenge free and the Shadow Warrior one free. Yeah, I got Some a feeling that Shadow there. Warrior has been rolled into the main game as a free update forever, ever. But uh, not Santa's Revenge. I think we got that because of the way we bought it in the Steam sale. I think that's the way yes. it is, but yeah. There's a lot of DLC, and they are working on more DLC currently, um, both free updates and paid updates. So it's still very much in development, still being, you know, updates are still coming out. This is not a game that has been abandoned. It is an old game from 2015, but it's still a, a game with lots of interesting stuff to come, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's the game. So yeah. let's get on to the discussion, which is the main meat of this podcast, where we talk about our likes, dislikes, and comments. And John, we're going to start off with a like from you. Yeah, so I mean, I just want to say that the actual game concept itself is amazing. You know, the, I love the idea when you see the game on the store, just the concept of, well, you're going to have to clean up all the shit that they left around when they were killing all those demons in Doom. It's a novel idea, and it's a very entertaining idea. And the uh, flips everything on its head, you know, instead of thinking, oh man, how am I going to kill all these monsters? You're thinking, how am I going to get around to this part of the level without treading back to my bloody patches so that I leave footsteps everywhere? Kind of fun to discover the sci-fi tropes along the way. You read little notes from scientists and find little PDAs that have been left around. So sometimes you start off and you're just exploring this ice base and before you know it, you're reading, oh, it's those creatures that we found under the ice. And you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. They appear dead, but we're going to dig them up anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you find this hole in the ground with a bunch of bodies in it and uh, alien parts. So, um, yeah, I love the setting and the idea. Awesome. Uh, my main like, really, is that the co-op worked really well. Um, it was easy mm. to host and join games. Um, there was a little bit of weirdness of the animations which i'm going to come to later and the physics um it's clear that the physics engine is being rendered locally on each machine it's not synchronized mm-hmm. obviously um so if one of like if i knock a bucket or a body how it reacts in my world is not necessarily how it will react in john's and 
on my screen, for example, I had a body that was just spinning around like a spinning top <laughs> for ages. I was like, look at that. It's gone crazy. The physics is going crazy. And you're like, yep, it's just sat there for me. And then eventually mine glitched back to where it was, where presumably John could always see it. So there's a few bits of weirdness like that, but nothing that really ever got in no. the way. There wasn't any fundamental issue. Everything was nice and easy. Um, my gut feel feeling saying that as a like like yes it worked as a multiplayer game it should do that's what it's for but it worked particularly well it was yeah it was good my gut feeling is that they would sync the especially the important objects and they would sync maybe the root location of it so it's like well here's the body and the body was probably always always in the right place i.e the thing that really mattered but then maybe if the arm was dangling around bouncing around due to ragdoll physics that was being done locally so it looked different. So you'd be like, oh, that's funny. Look at the way his arm's bouncing around. And I'm like, mm, it's not. Oh, my, in my <laughs> one, he was literally spinning around, like bouncing over a huge area around. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Very strange. Weird. <laughs> then, um, then I guess. There's also a bit of weirdness with um, like the, the refresh rate. Sometimes when you were dragging mm. a body, like your refresh rate would look like 10 FPS. Like I'd see you like a cutout just slowly <laughs> cutting across the screen. Like, hmm. But it was only when you were carrying stuff that had a lot of physics attached to it. So mainly bodies. You yeah. had a bucket, you look fine. But when you were dragging the body around, again, deal breaker, certainly not. Looks a bit weird. Yes. But yeah. that's not why you're not coming to this game for the super impressive graphics and physics. No, but with that said, that leads me on to my last like, which is it does still look pretty good. I mean, there were some slightly irksome moments like with the body animations, but the actual game overall looks looks quite pretty. We didn't get the best first impression because we picked uh, one of the shorter levels first, which I think was one of the kind of, hey, it's in beta or whatever. So it didn't actually look that pretty. But when we picked the second level, it looked a lot prettier. So... Yeah, well, it's a good-looking game. It uses the Unreal Engine, so it's got a lot of that shine and polish. And that also comes with mod support, which I, I always love it when a game has mod support. So that's really good. It's Unreal Engine 3, isn't it, this particular game? Yeah, it's released in 2015. So I guess, theoretically, maybe it could have been 4. But let's be honest, anything that came out roughly the same time as UE4 is going to be made in 3. Awesome. Well, that concludes our likes. Let's move on to the dislikes. I'm going to kick it off with the physics. Oh. Um, th there's an interesting story. When we, when we first played it, we did not get the best impression. I was not in the best of moods, and I was <laughs> not happy after spending only 45 minutes of picking up buckets, them just knocking around everywhere, stuff falling over the place, and I was fairly critical of the game. <laughs> to the point that we nearly didn't podcast it because John was afraid of what I might say about it. <laughs> uh, but then on the second playthrough, I found it much better a game. So with that said, the physics is just annoying. Mm. Um, it's good because it's realistic, but trying to get a mop and put it into a bucket that's on the floor that's full of water, realistically, you just want to go up to the bucket and press E and have it yeah. do the animation and be done. But instead, you have to manually click and you sort of stab the mop right in. <laughs> you stab it in. And then the bucket falls over and the water goes everywhere. And you're like, Ugh. And then you go and pick up a bucket and you walk over to the machine. You take the bucket out and then you trip on something and the bucket drops down and the water goes mm. So you keep going back and forth, getting these buckets, trying not to trip into them. Because if you walk into the bucket, it'll fall over and you'll into the water. <laughs> Um, again, when you have the boxes that you put body parts into to then take to the incinerator, if you move slightly, sometimes one of the bits in the bottom of the bucket will just go, way, 
Yeah. Is it? I go. And then all of it will splat everywhere and then blood goes everywhere. And all that that you've just cleaned up is now spread everywhere. So it's it is massively frustrating. Yeah. Because it seems like a thing that could be fixed so easily. Like the solution is press a button to do the mop. Or when you have a body part and you're near a box, press a button and it puts it in. Yeah. If you lift up a box full of body parts, they don't just flail everywhere. I like the idea that you know don't run with the box of body parts, otherwise they might mm. fall out. Fine. But when you're just having to actually crawl around the place <laughs> for fear that it might drop out, it's not fun. It's annoying. And there's the kind of frustrating thing where because the items stick to your hand, like not really your hands, but you know, they are just suspended three feet in front of your camera. Sometimes you have to look up to lift the box over something, right? Because it's a first-person game. Yeah. There's no other mechanism to move the thing in front of you. So you have to look up at the sky to make sure the box doesn't hit this random piece of rock on the floor. Otherwise, yeah, it bounces everything around. The floor, so, you don't, so you see stuff. And like mm. You might not see the bucket because it, your peripheral vision, it's like you can't actually see it unless you look down, which you have to do by sort of moving past. Ah, the amount of goddamn times I kicked over buckets of water and like, oh, I've got to get another one, clean this shit yep. up again. That was not the fun part of the game. <laughs> don't, no. Yeah, I don't want to fight the game. I just want to clean stuff up and, and enjoy the, the good bits of the game. So, yeah, completely exactly. agree. So, so my, your, my, um, my main dislike is just that the stages are so goddamn long. I mean, a lot of them took two or three hours to complete, and I really thought we might have played this a bit more if there were just little 20 30 minute stages where we can run around clean out some stuff and then go and play rocket league you know like just a bit of filler we want to start the night but we're not quite sure what you want to play yet that is not when you play a two or three hour game <laughs> that's when you want to play a 30 or 45 minute game sure there could have been some really long levels in there and there's one or two that are 45 minutes suggested time but really most of them are an hour and a half to three hours and you just think ah that is quite a. I mean, it, it, there's not a lot to do. It is a repetitive game by its very mm. nature. You are cleaning stuff up. It's a very zen-like game, and we, we know people that have played this that love it, and they say it's really calming because you can just play through it, and it's relaxing because you're just cleaning stuff up, and it's nice. It's rewarding, which I get, but it's also repetitive and boring. I mean, mm. in two to three hours, we could play a basic campaign of Mansions of Madness with all of the setup and all of the plot and variety and different skills and all that kind of stuff or any you know so many games you could play i don't know why i chose most of the madness it's not <laughs> even a video game but still the point stands that it is a very long time to commit something like that do you think it would be less time if the physics weren't so bad like if you just pressed eat a mob because how much time do you think you spent actually just because you're fighting the game and but I wonder if those estimated times are even for people who are better than that and they're used to the physics that they've got around it. So maybe for us, it's even longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm Please. just theorizing because we spent a couple of hours on the last level and we're like, this must be done now. And it ended and we got kind of a, yeah, you did all right. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got like a D-. <laughs> but, but part of that leads on to your last dislike, which I will yeah, follow, so... I have a follow-up point on. So. Okay. So there is no tutorial. You just dropped in, and the first time we played it, we didn't know what we were doing. We started cleaning <laughs> stuff up, fine. But because we played it for like an hour, and we were like, are we done? Yeah, we've cleared everything up. We hadn't found that there was a incinerator 
that we were supposed to take the boxes and stick them in, and that's what burns the body. So we failed mm. because there were body parts everywhere in boxes. All we'd done is vaguely clean up and put stuff in boxes. So it's just like ah, oh, it's one of those games where you have to look up on like a website or a YouTube video to see how it's played. Now there are some games that can get away with that, like Elite Dangerous. Um even games like Factorio or Stardew Valley, they tell you the basics, but realistically you're going to go away and look up more in-depth information as to how stuff works because you don't want to spend 10 hours of trial and error to go, oh no, it doesn't work that way, it works this way. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, the same with Elite Dangerous to an extent. Uh, but with this, I mean, there's just no, no clue as to what you should be doing at all. No manual. I mean, I've been talking about this when I've been doing my uh, Throwback Thursday retro stuff. Um, it's amazing how games like back in the 90s didn't tell you anything at all. Like Castlevania mm. 64 has no, doesn't tell you what the buttons are, does nothing. It expected you to read the manual that came in the box that holds <laughs> all that stuff. Same with Sewer Shark. But nowadays, we're used to being sort of handheld through. Um, and mm. this doesn't have a manual and it doesn't have the hand holding. So you're completely stuck unless you go and look on a website, which I find tedious. Yeah, unless there were notes somewhere buried away in the PDA, but we didn't find them. We weren't directed to them, and we didn't find them in the time that we were playing with it. So. Even but the thing had a two-minute bit to tell you, here is your mop. It cleans up the blood. Here is the thing. It does this. Mm. So we do look for the incinerator. It looks like this. Done. Maybe you get that on single player, but I don't think so. I think you just pick a level and go. But the, just the corollary to that was the previous point with the level where we didn't do so great. And that was actually because I realized at the end there were some lines, like markings on the floor, and I read in the wiki, oh, you're supposed to put the barrels back in the line. <laughs> Ah, I see. So we're supposed to have gone around the level and picked up certain items and put them within the line. But there was no way of knowing that in the game. <laughs> I mean, so. you, you did discover in the ice level we played that there were like medical packs on mm. the walls that were opened and you could go and collect them from somewhere else and put them back in to restock them, which was yeah. kind of cool. I did kind of like that mechanic. So it's, it's difficult because on the one hand, it's nice to have the self-discovery and be like, oh, cool, we put those in there and then that does it. But because there's no feedback at all the whole way through that what you're doing is worthwhile, like even if it had a progress bar at the top that showed yeah. you how complete the level was, so you could actually see measurably that you're doing something. Because it's annoying to spend three hours on a game and then you go and fuck <laughs> out and then it's like, oh, you failed because you didn't put those things behind the line. And it's like, oh, what? it doesn't even tell you why you failed. It just tells you you failed. And it's like, oh, fuck mm. this. So, and uh, I could have done yeah. with a bar or objectives in the corner instead of that little tiny scanner thing. And I know it's meant to make the game a bit harder. Like, oh, you have to go scan around. But just, I don't know. I'd rather have just had an hour and a half of fun instead of adding 20 minutes on a beep, 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 beep. But yeah. that's just, yeah. Anyway. Comments? Any anything that's neither a like nor a dislike that you want to mention? Yeah, a couple of things that were fun, not not quite prolific enough to make them as um, a like, but I, I, yeah, there were fun things in the game. You get a little boom box on some levels, which is kind of fun. You can just walk around with this little boom box, drop it in a part of the map, and then hit next track. And the audio that comes out of it is positional within the game world. So if you go too far away, then you can't hear it, and then other players that come close to it can hear it. So that's kind of cool. A fun yeah, addition cool. gave me the worker feel, you know, like when you have to do housework, you end up putting your radio somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> listening to it. It felt like that, and that was kind of cool. <laughs> I um, I had a particularly fun moment 
when I realized that you could put the barrels that were explosive, well, they're like red barrels with fire symbol on the side of it. I was like, oh, I wonder if I could put this in the incineration if it'll blow up. And I put it in and I stepped away from it. And I was like, ah, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do it. And then it blew up. And I was like, oh, it does. That's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> so then I did it again a few times and I forgotten that I'd put one in. And then I came back with another barrel to put it in. Mm. And the door was open and then it blew up and it killed me. And bits <laughs> of my body went everywhere. I respawned 10 seconds later and then I went to clean up my own body from before. And I think you picked up your own head. Literally picking up my own head and looking at it you're like, hmm. This is going to be the screenshot on the website, so for the episode. <laughs> I think I said at the time, it's like, a, oh, so how did this vacancy come available? Well, you're holding him. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we always like to conclude this podcast by asking two simple questions Would we play the game again? And would we recommend it? So, John. I, for me, the dislikes are just too much of a dislike to make me go back and play it again. Again, if if the levels were shorter and the physics was just simplified to not be frustrating, I think I would. But with those two things, I just don't think I can bring myself to play it again. And I, I hate to say it because I know a lot of people who really love this game, but I personally just wouldn't recommend it. I just, um, I just got so annoyed. <laughs> so frustrated running around the map and if it was just a couple of tweaks that were fixed I think I would recommend but I I wouldn't in its current form and obviously that's the game so I'm not suggesting they change it because it's it's done very well in its current form so uh, yeah so for me I just don't think I can recommend it unfortunately I'm sad to say one of those things I just don't understand is of the same time as like Goat Simulator and those kinds of things where I think a load of I sound like an old crotchety man here. A load of damn millennials come in. They're like, oh, this game's great. It's so subversive. I love it. And then, um, I don't know why I did that voice. And then they, uh, it gains traction in YouTube videos. Oh, look, isn't it fun? Isn't it cool? And I'm just like, it's just not a good game. It's just not that fun. <laughs> I don't get it. It just doesn't resonate with me. Like you, I enjoyed the idea, the plot of mm. the thing. The physics is just, I, I was getting angry playing it. I came away yeah. from our first session ranting, which is not good. <laughs> um, and the second session, I enjoyed more. And we did have, it did have a few of those great co op moments where two friends could be playing something and genuinely laughing at a few little bits yeah. and pieces and discovering the game. But after about half an hour of that joy, there was just like, I really hope he's going to say he's had enough. We can go and play something else now. This is, uh, this is, I'm just doing housework at this point. It's not, <laughs> it's not zen enough or fun enough like doing long-distance missions in Elite Dangerous or Euro Truck Simulator or harvesting in Stardew Valley. It's just a bit boring and a bit janky. So that's my long-winded way of saying I will never play it again, and um, yeah. I would not recommend it a single player nor multiplayer um but your mileage may vary as we have discovered with mentioning it to other people on our streams so yeah. go and give it a try it's only you know it doesn't cost much you should support indie developers so you know go ahead check out some youtube yeah. videos of it or some streams see if it's for you but uh it's not for me <laughs> <laughs> it's not for you ben <laughs> it's not for me so on that happy note, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can find more episodes of our podcast at connectingtohost.co.uk, where we have done such games as Shift Happens, Sticks, Shards of Darkness, Sea of Thieves, various other games. I think we've got 
about 45, 50 episodes now. So there's a, a decent backlog for you to churn through if you're a new listener to the show. Um, you can go to our website, shyguys.io, where you can find uh, game reviews, articles, see what games we're playing, videos, um, and also the weekly roundup of video game news you may have missed, along with game releases and other exciting information. Uh, we play on Twitch fairly regularly at the moment. Uh, John is Rendell underscore, and I am Shy Guys the Dot. Uh, we play differently every Wednesday night together for Co-op Rocket League, and generally on a Friday night we'll play um, a game of some sort, whether it's John playing single player and me watching, or a co-op game of some sort. Um, and then we also do variety streaming on our own as well of single player games, so do check those out. And there's Twitter at CTHCast, where you can tell us what we should be playing next. If there's a game that you're particularly interested in, that you're thinking of buying, maybe not sure about, or a game that you really like that you'd like us to review, or a game you really hate you want us to review, <laughs> let us know at CTHCast. And final thing, if you have made it through this very laborious process of rounding up at the end of an episode, if you enjoyed this episode or previous episodes, please do leave an iTunes review. It helps us a lot. And uh, yeah, please come back and listen to us again. Thank you very much.